Welcome everybody to the Casually Horror Podcast. Chris throwing me off, so try to do the intro. Professional. Episode 52. Uh, Joining us this week, we got Steve from the Freelancer Codex Podcast, just having rocked 113 episodes, the longest running anthem podcast in history. I mean, like, I think we could, Um, in in the universe, like... In existence, you know, in can, all the places, in all the places, and all the things. So we asked Steve uh, to come on, and uh, he uh, he agreed because we want to be talking about Anthem then versus now. Uh, Anthem is a game that still exists. Anthem is a game that, depending on what company, it's it's it almost feels like we're talking politics sometimes when you bring up Anthem because uh, people have strong feelings on it, and uh, and so it's going to be interesting. This is going to be a, hopefully a fun show and a, a great conversation, uh, and so we're going to kind of walk through where Anthem is today, where it's been, and more. Um, Steve, why don't you go ahead and tell us about yourself and what actually got you um, podcasting in the first place and what kept you around? Because despite the everything that kind of just, we were talking in the pre-show that really befell Anthem in the in the first couple of months of the game itself, even leading up to the Jason Shriver article itself, which really kind of just, it was when you're down, it's, you know, that probably hurt the community more than anything else. Um, what kept you going? Yeah, that's a that's a that's interesting and that's a hard question. It's a we asked the hard. I'll, I'll try to ki- I'll try to keep my long answer pretty short. Um, so first of all, I'm Steve. Um, me, a buddy of mine, Devin, and my brother Mike. We started the podcast after we saw Anthem first showing off in EA Play 2017. So that was the first glimpse. 2018. 2017 e3 2017 yeah it's been so long ago so then we started there because the first thing that we saw we saw you know these javelins flying around this area like we know now that this was it was you know it it would have changed a lot from what from what we saw then but just the imagery of the javelin jumping Mm -hmm. javelin jumping off of fort tarsus for the first time going into the waterfalls it was kind of one of those moments that you get in trailers where you're just kind of like blown away it blows you away and you're like this is a game changer. It, it, like it felt like it set a new, a whole new like line in the sand for games. Yeah, especially for games as a service. You know, we we anticipated this was going to be something this that was supposed to compete with Destiny. Uh, I I never threw around the term as you know you know the Destiny killer because I I don't think any game kills any other game. That's just not how it works. Um, I think it, it almost be... dooms games. Uh, Chris, how many WoW killers have been? How they've been? <laughs> All of them. Yeah. Um, but it's something that that really caught our attention because it just looked gorgeous. Um, I'm not a I'm not a huge Bioware fan myself. I don't have the long history of people that have played Mass Effect or Dragon Age, so I didn't have what I call the Bioware baggage. So I wasn't expecting you know romance and all this other stuff. So when that wasn't in there, it didn't like stop me. But I, I can understand how it would turn off a lot of Bioware fans because that's a huge aspect of what those games are and why people fell in love with them so much. So we said, hey, we talk about games a lot. Um, we play them all the time. We talk about them. Let's just record this. We'll throw it out there. If people listen, they listen. If not, it's at least a way to get together and just chat. I think that's probably how most podcasts start. I don't think anyone gets into podcasting, think that they're going to like make any money from it. So that's how we started. And the thing, 
we said when we, if we are going to do this, if we are going to start it, we're not going to stop until the servers shut down, no matter what happens. Oh, man, um, that's awesome. We're gonna keep going, and we kind of made that commitment in the beginning. Was there blood? Like you know, it's like all right, guys. We're we did. Just... We drew blood. We spit <laughs> on our hands. We shook hands. We buried like a doll in the backyard. Um, <laughs> so we decided we're we're gonna do this. Yeah. And you know what? We're gonna cover it. We, you know, I I listen I listen to podcasts all the time. Right. So I, and I really enjoy that long form of content. Because for my work, I just, I drive a lot. So I have lots of time just to listen. And I really enjoy listening to people's theories. I like, you know, the discussion. Because no matter how many times you hear the same discussion over and over again, it's a little bit different from someone else's perspective. And it's yeah. just, it's nice to get other perspectives out there. So I enjoy podcasting. We figured we'd do it. We saw a game that appealed to all of us. So we're like, hey, let's do this. And let's just keep going with it. And, and I'm actually glad that we have. I mean, we started when we had only a seven-minute trailer, and we did a year of content based on a seven-minute trailer, which sounds insane, and it really is. But we told ourselves, hey, let's learn how to do this for the first year. And maybe by the time the game comes out, we'll kind of have a flow. Yeah. We'll kind of feel comfortable doing it. Because, you know, doing content creation, it's not – it's hard. It takes some getting used to. Like, the first time – like sitting in my house, not looking at anyone, it's hard to even hit the record button and not feel nervous, right? I don't know if it feels similar for you guys when you started. It always does. It always does. The um, It's the same approach that in advice we give to tanking, you know, within any kind of like uh, Trinity-based game. Like there's a nervousness, there's an apprehension, there's a, what am I doing? I don't, I don't have this as an experience. And unfortunately, the really only way that you can get over that is by kind of jumping through the fire and the flames. Your story about Anthem is very similar to my story, but with Final Fantasy 14, I saw the trailer. I went out and bought a, a mixing board that day, and I said I have to talk about it, and started recording it. And like, and even the fact that that game failed, I think there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of uh, connection I have with Anthem and with Final Fantasy 14. As I was hanging out on uh, uh, Dak's stream. He's one of the community uh, managers for Anthem, and he's streaming 14 last night. And we were having a, just a great conversation. But there's a lot of, I think, in, in my world, for as, as weird as my brain is, like 14 failed and they and they, and they restored it. Like I see so much potential in Anthem, same potential I even saw in 1.0. And I'm like, I wonder if they could do it again. I wonder if this can be something that, that has a, a redemption story, a lesson learned. There's some differences in that regards, but I started podcasting that same way. And then, yeah. and I think there's always the desire to see like the little dog come from behind and win. You know, that's that's how most sports movies are, right? That's, yeah. that's if what they you want to see. If they yeah. win. If they win. If you nobody see cares about the losers. Like, it's like there's no movie made about the underdog who lost. Right. You know, it's like, and that happens more often than not. That's why it becomes such a, uh, a great, like, whole, like this great thing happened, this underdog won. So. Um, it just depends on that, like on the one. How let um, let, I'll do the, the rest of the intro here, and then I want to get your thoughts real quick on the fall. You know, like obviously when the, the game launched and all and all the how how it was on that content, and you and your on your team who spent that that time on the game. But let's go ahead and do the the business side of it all. <laughs> anyway, guys, if you uh, missed our last episode, uh, we had Rook from Bird of Chess on uh, episode fifty one. Fantastic. You can find it on YouTube and iTunes and, you know, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever podcasts pretty much can be consumed. Uh, we'll have uh, Freelancer Codex Steve's and all his links in the description below so you can follow him on Twitter as well as on YouTube. 
and more. Than, you'll have a dedicated website that you have all your podcasts and stuff on as well, right? That is correct, yes. Okay, we'll have, make sure we'll have a link to that for you guys. Uh, we also want to pay, thank our partnership with Exit Lag. Uh, we have a link in the description. Use the code DOWORK for 20% off and you get three free days. You can try it out for yourself to see if it reduces your ping uh, and helps you helps uh, enjoy your game if you're especially playing these online multiplayer games. I also want to uh, say thanks to uh, Kenneth, Leland, uh, Jorge, and Kyle for being members of the workforce over on YouTube. Thanks for supporting the podcast, the stream, and the content. I am freezing cold in this room, by the way. <laughs> well, I'm just going to keep ripping my hands. Um, uh, so before the business side, now with all that concluded, we can have a lot of fun. The Jason Shriver article was was a gut punch. Like it was when I was looking at the game, I was like, they can fix all of this. Like there's there's there is a there is fun here. You know, like I'm actually having fun. But I, I want more. And I'm like, okay, well that's that might be just a function of the, the game as a service. The article itself revealed, I think, a lot, and that was really that was really disheartening. How do you take it? How did your team take it? Especially one almost like as we come up on the one year anniversary of the launch. Yeah, so it, it's so the Jason article was interesting because we we actually got to know a lot of the devs. So it it's different when you have like a personal relationship with people that you know that are being talked about. Yeah, you know about because really you like man that sucks if that's how things are going on at the studio. It sucks that it's being run that way, right? And from like an outside perspective, like you hear about crunch and you hear about all these things, the mismanagement and how people like things weren't getting done and decisions just weren't being made. Mm-hmm like it hurts because you you become invested in a thing and you don't want to see the you know you don't want to see behind the curtain you don't want to see under the refrigerator where everything gets swept under the rug and things go to die right so so it's kind of hard and you know as as a consumer of the game you can either make the decision it's like well things are run this way i'm going to leave the game or i'm just not going to care about it or you know you have to make a decision as a consumer what you're going to do with that information we decided you know what there's a lot of people that, you know, we like on this game. We want to see it, you know, pull through. I mean, we had examples of things like No Man's Sky mm-hmm. that were able to come through and they were able to overcome. You know, they did it in a little bit different way and it took them a while, but that did happen. So you have examples of like, okay, things can be turned around. Let's keep covering it. Let's keep playing the game. Let's provide our feedback as yeah. a community to how we want the game to be shaped. If they listen, that's awesome. If they don't listen, at least we're doing our part. I mean, we could have just left and we could have found another game to cover, but it's like, well, like we really want the game to succeed. And maybe that's just us like wishful thinking, wanting something to happen so bad, but it won't happen and you just can't let go. I mean, possibly that's part of it. Maybe is that, that's is why. that blood pack essentially like, was that revisited at that time? Oh, and, and that And that definitely was because that's something that, you know, we made a decision that we're going to do it. And we can either just, you know, say, no, we're going to give up or we can do it. So we decided, no, we're going to keep going. We're going to follow the story because, the, you know, the story is interesting. I enjoyed the game, you know, the game industry because the stories are interesting. How games get made is interesting to me mm-hmm. um, because it's almost an impossible task to get, the, the, get these things done, appease the mass market and make something that's, you know, blows up so big that, you know, you can sustain more development because it's hard. You know, most games cost millions and millions of dollars to make, and a lot of them don't recoup that, you know? So following the story is interesting. And I and I still really enjoy major aspects of Anthem. Like the, the flight is awesome. Like the animation team killed it on the animations for the Javelins. Um, there's no other game that gives you that feeling of flight and the movement 
Um, unless, I don't know, you could, you could argue that, you know, playing something like Ace Combat gives you that feeling, but you're flying a jet. This is flying an exosuit and you're, you know, killing a bunch of creatures in the wild and you're shooting a bunch of outlaws. So it's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, so there's, there's a core there that can be built upon that can make it a great game. And that's what we're waiting for. That's what we're hoping for. So we're providing feedback. We have our small community trucking along. We have the people that are like, yeah, keep doing this because you know what? There's this, there is a small group of people that enjoy Anthem and we just want to see that grow. And we want to see those people get the game that, you know, we all kind of expected in 2017. Yeah. I think that's the, the real kind of key. When you go look at what they tried to create, it, it's incredible. In fact, when you go, like I was playing uh, last night, I was uh, hanging out, like watching live streams and just playing Anthem because I'm, I'm still playing. Like I, there is a core that I enjoy and I'm just like, well, I mean, if they're going to turn this thing around, I'm going to be sitting on like an insane amount of coin. I'm going to be sitting on like, I'm like, all right, I got all this cool stuff. I was there when it was horrible. Right. <laughs> you know, and I have the same, I have the same badge of honor within 14. You know, it's like, I was there. I've got all the levels and all the, like all the tattoos and everything to prove it. Um, you know, I have a reduced subscription fee, you know, like I was there. Um, in their regards. And so uh, it's going to be interesting to see. And I hope, I hope they, they can turn it around. Um, but as far as it goes, like when I just run around free play, like when I go run around free play, I go, if this was the game and then you could, Oh, let's go do this mission or, or here's all this event. And you put more, more freelancers just in free play and you're just buddies are popping in and out. And then you're going to a stronghold or then you're doing whatever, like that's the fun. And when you go and you say like between mission, like there's so much just like downtime between mission and loading the next mission, et cetera. It's like you cut all that out and you just let me just go wait, lay waste to outlaws and lay waste to the, the dominion and just like go, go crazy and nuts and start filling the world with cool stuff. I was like, I think that's what they were trying to do. And then it came down to, we can't do that by the time that we need to release it. So I'm hopeful that whatever they end up doing has that sense of I'm just playing a game. I'm having fun. Let's go nuts. Yeah, having those options in free play would would make a huge difference instead of going to back. Like, and thinking of when you know when we talk about live service games, unfortunately they just never have enough content for us in the beginning. And and I and I really blame yeah. WoW for that. Like when <laughs> WoW when WoW first released, I mean like we've never seen anything that big, right? I mean it was mind blowing at how big WoW was in the beginning like the grind from zero to 60 was ridiculously long i mean people would take what months you know to even get there chris should be able to weigh in on that what chris you were there <laughs> i mean it was my first mmo so i was massively inefficient i did all the things that we recommend against i got tied up in professions i got tied up in exploring i was grinding reputations before i was a cap all the pitfalls and it was so i mean it was it was weeks of playtime before i was a cap um but like it, it killed a lot of things at blizzard too so like when you look at at the damage that this does to this team just know that like at blizzard it wasn't easy they were pulling people who were working on other projects to work on wow immediately because servers were going down um the initial raids when we first raided in wow hardcore progression raids there were raids back then that would lag the entire dungeon server if a, if more than one group pulled so when you talked about world progression, there were world first races where the progression raid teams had to coordinate with each other whose turn it was to pull. Because if, if multiple raid groups pulled at the same time, it would crash the server. We had huge maintenance delays. We had huge, I mean, this is not DDoS attacks and things like that. This is just critical failure at too much success. I mean, there were just too many people 
and there was too little foresight because they said it'd be cool to build a game like this. It'd be yeah, neat. And, it, and be and because of the success of it, like you know, I'm really sad that we never got more you know Warcraft RTSs because of the popularity of WoW. But because that game was so big, you're like, man, what can all these other games do? And when they don't have that content to match, when you're like, hey, this is an MMO, or like you know, you think of something like Destiny that. You know, was an MMO in the beginning, but they never wanted to say that. There just right. wasn't enough content to compete with that because also, you know, Blizzard was pretty mobile and they had a pretty large team and a long time to do this on. So it's just like when you don't have that content in Anthem and you're like, man, there's nothing here because there really isn't anything there in free play. So, you know, looking at that from that perspective that there's not much to do and other people coming in and just like, they didn't have the time because they made the game in 18 months. So I'm going to phrase it. I'm going to phrase an interesting question because I was given an, uh, a Temtem car, you know, gift. Uh, and I'm going to hopefully be playing that this afternoon. And it's had server issues. But Temtem, as an MMO, Pokemon game, you know, I mean, that's what it is. It launched, it's in early access. And that's, they're labeling it as early access. I, if, if in any way possible, shape or form in these companies' minds, if they could launch these games in some form of that early access mindset, like you can buy it, it's this price. It note that it's early access, that there's problems. There's going to, you know, you're going to help us build this, shape this, fix this together. And, and that sets a, I think that sets a mental tone because when you come in at a, a full price game, I, you know, the, the greater majority of people who do not follow these games heavily, they're expecting a full price experience. You know, like I'm, I want to get in, I want to play the game. And when I can't, then I'm like, what did I just spend my money on? Like, why am I beta testing this game at this at a at a full price? You know, like, and and do you do you think that would have benefited the overall uh, impact that Anthem had at launch? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anytime you say, "Hey, guys, this is early release," you put that disclaimer in the beginning. It changes your perception of the game, right? I mean, Steam's early access stuff, like Super Giant Games, um, they make Bastion, Transistor, Empire. They've got a game in early access right now, Hades. And, you know, they're working on the game and you you know that, hey, this thing might crash, this thing might be broken, but it sets that expectation. If we had that for Anthem, at least players would be like, okay, it's not, you know, it's not ready for where I want to play it or whatever. And then you get people that, you know, they'll just wait or you get the people that want to jump in and make the game better and add their feedback. Mm -hmm. So that helps a ton. Plus, it gives them time to, like, figure out what your player base actually wants, yeah. which is really hard to do. Especially, I know everyone says that, hey, you know, Anthem, you got to see what The Division did. You got to see what Anthem did, or what Destiny did. Mm -hmm. But, you know, de development doesn't work that way to where you can be so nimble that, hey, Destiny did this. Let's change these core systems we've been working on for years to match that, right? Right. You know, they're in development sometimes a lot of, at the same time, and they don't really know what they're doing until, you know, things get released. But at least if you have feedback from the people that are playing your game early, you can kind of make those adjustments a little bit quicker, a little bit easier. Because otherwise, it's like, you know, they had the whole, hey, we're not going to talk about Destiny. We don't want to, you know, mention Destiny as we develop this game. You know, ultimately, that probably hurts you if you're not at least paying attention to the competition you're trying to go up against. Mm -hmm. But, you know, early access would, ma would make a huge difference. I mean, we'd probably still be in early access right now. Right. And that's fine. Yeah. I mean, Star Citizen's been in early access for how long? For like 140 years or Fortnite's something like that? Fortnite's still in beta. So, <laughs> yeah. and, and they and make you know billions what? of dollars. And it, and it works for them. And it yeah. probably doesn't work for every studio, you know. And we can say, hey, you know, you should have done this. You should have done this. And it's it's hard to, from the outside, make those decisions. We can just say, hey, you know, you should have done this and it would have been wildly successful, right? And, you know, we know that's not the case, but, you know, early access, it probably would have helped a lot. 
you know, for sure their betas would have helped a ton. You know, we only had a couple betas that were, you know, maybe a month out or so. Mm -hmm. And those were just, you know, that was just the, that was just a slice of the game yeah. that we were going to get on launch. And, you know, that probably didn't tell him much. It, it didn't because like Chris is, a, you know, he hates Anthem like with a burning uh, fire. I'm just teasing <laughs> his face. Is like what? No, but his, his uh, Chris was always like, well, what's the end game like? Like, we don't know. Like, we don't know. Like, once you finish the story, what am I doing? And, the, and nobody could really say for sure. They're like, well, we've got the strongholds. Like, are there raids? Like, we're, we're not talking about that yet. Or, you know, we're not talking, it's like, all right, well, okay. And then the roadmap was promising, but I'm really happy they paused the roadmap because they identified that, like, okay, this thing needs serious work. But, Chris, what would get you in that concept of Anthem, though? Like, what would get you now, like, to say, you know, hey, I'm actually going to go play that? Because you were like, all right, I had fun playing the beta, but, like, you know, I, I'm going to wait and see what happens. <laughs> I mean, the problem is that there's, it's a great time to be a gamer. Mm-hmm. The problem is that there's there's 20 games a year that launch that each could be your only game all year and they could hold your attention that long there i mean they're and that's in addition to the ones from the year before and any you missed i never played god of war i could go back and have a blast that's from 2018. like you could you can go back and so like gaming is just so big that you have to not just be a good game you have to not just be a great game you have to be that thing that rises all the way to the top of somebody's priority list or they just don't get there. Um, so you have to have something unique. That's why you don't necessarily want to just copy what everybody else is doing. Um, you know, obviously it'd be nice to be nimble enough to kind of say, oh, we want to do our version of that, but that takes time. Mm -hmm. I mean, WoW is coming out with Torghast Tower next expansion. That is literally just their version of Deep Dungeon out of Final Fantasy XIV, but it's two expansions later. I mean, it takes that long to say, okay, we see what they did. We don't want to just carbon copy it. We want to do our version with our taste and our flavor and our combat system and then add that in. Okay, so you spend a whole expansion thinking about what that would even look like. Then you spend a whole expansion developing that. You're four years behind the ball um, to add a feature. So you have to just get it right the first time. And Anthem didn't for me. Um, so it's mm -hmm. not anything that they did necessarily horribly wrong. They just didn't rise to the very cream of that crop to get my time. I enjoyed every minute that I played Anthem leading up to the decision not to make it my main game. Um, and that's that's where you see like people saying, oh, well, Anthem's dead. There's a lot of room between dead and great game. And Anthem is somewhere in between there. And so to anybody that's enjoying Anthem, that's awesome. Um, and that's kind of my, my question to you is like, well, what what makes what makes anthem what's the big what's the biggest thing you could lose we all know how we could win right the game could turn around it could be all worth it you got in on the ground floor that's an easy narrative to explain why somebody's still playing it if you do play it and then the servers do shut down what is the worst that could happen like what it what it what would be your fear there um i don't know that I guess if they shut it down, the fear is like, oh man, look at how much, how much time I wasted, right? That's the big fear ultimately that when you, I mean, you don't want it, you don't want it to crash, but you see, this is hard. Cause that, cause that's the biggest thing. The biggest fear is that they just shut it down, right? Yeah. They shut it down, it goes away and then what? Okay. Um, you pivot and you move on to the next thing, but it's like, oh. Do you then like, uh, let's say that that scenario actually played out. Do you like from a branding perspective and content creation, do you rename the podcast itself or do you do you maintain that 
you know, freelancer codex, you know, thing for and to cover other games and to and to branch out. Because the thing you all have you as a unique squad is you got four guys, friends, play games. That's always going to be something interesting and an interesting take. Yeah, that. I guess the the thing that for me, like, I really have to be passionate about a game to really want to talk about it for that long. Like, in <laughs> it. Yeah. I mean, because. I mean, because there's so many podcasts, there's so many talk content creators that you can go listen to that cover a lot of stuff, right? They don't do the deep dives. Um, but is there something that, you know, is coming out in the future? Like, hey, Godfall? Godfall looks interesting for a lot of the same reasons that Anthem looked interesting for me, except yeah. now it's in a high fantasy setting. There's giant swords, you know. They said they're pulling inspiration for things like Brandon Sanderson's, like one of my favorite book authors that's out there. You know, that would be something like, hey, I could see myself getting into. But it's like, you know... At some point, you have to say, okay, this could just, this, this could just be another anthem. Like, if you mm -hmm. think of Counterplay Games that's creating Godfall, they created Duelist, which is a collectible card game on Steam that, you know, they lost, they've stopped supporting because when they switched publishers over to Bandai Namco, they took over the marketing and everything kind of went downhill for Duelist from there. You know, so there's like, okay, so if they had this game and support kind of stopped, like, what stops them from doing the same thing to this next game that comes out? Right. So do we rebrand? We probably do. I mean, we do other stuff on the show. We just do a random, hey, let's talk. And then we do like our Dungeons and Dragons show that we do. And you know what? Dungeons and Dragons is never going to shut down, right? Yeah. As long as we find a DM and a time to play, like we can keep going with that content. But are there other games we're interested? I mean, Disintegration looks awesome. I could, but I don't know if that's a game like, hey, we can talk about Disintegration and have something to talk about every week, right? It's not the Destiny Warframe or Division model. Mm-hmm. But again, it's hard for the, you know, our games of service, like is that phase come and gone now? Are we at the tail end where people are like, okay, we're not recuperating enough money in these types of games because you don't have the numbers like WoW does. I don't know, maybe you do, but you know, we see like the models like with Destiny getting away from Activision, how they're, you know, they've got their season passes. You know, we've seen the content that they've put out. We've seen like their big community puzzle that they did this last weekend that looked insane. Um, you know, where do they go from there? They keep making content and doing their tiny updates and they have one big update every two years. I don't know. It, Games as a service is a really interesting thing to cover because it's so new and we have some like tent pole examples of what they can do. Mm -hmm. It's hard for people to be like, well, we can do this. I mean, it's like going from Fortnite to Apex, right? right. Apex, you know, the respawn team was able to do something different and they had a huge success because they had core gameplay, of course, that was good. And, you know, that's not something that Anthem had at the beginning. They didn't have that core fun loop. And, you know, maybe it's just hard to see where things are going to go. Yeah. And like if Anthem shuts down, it's like, I don't know, maybe we just, you know, talk about chess and we play chess online. I don't know. <laughs> what's, what, what's, go next ahead, Chris. Anthem? what's next for Anthem? Yeah. What's what's in the pipe? That's people the who question. haven't been following it. What's next for Anthem? That's a good question. Um, I would like to know this as well, because right now, after the season of Ice Tide, we don't have any information on what's coming next. We have Jason Schreier again broke that the team is working on an overhaul and a big update that we've just taken to calling 2.0. There's a lot of speculation in the community of what that is. He, People think that's going to be released next month. I think they're insane. I'm going to jump in on that, though. Like, he didn't technically break it. He affirmed it. They uh, I, the, the team 
uh, Bioware said, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to go into a tell don't show mode because then when we talk, it's just making everybody mad. So we're just going to go and work and we're going to get this done. He confirmed that. He confirmed that beyond the, wow. because nobody, people don't trust their word right now. Well, well, it's a little different. So Chad okay. Robertson in the last blog update that they came out with um, a while ago, I could look up the date here in a minute. It's been a but long said, time. But he said, I could look it up. Let's see. When was it? He said that they were going to go, you know, right before he left, you know, he's, brought out this message that hey i'm taking off let's see where is it sorry i'm gonna find it right here you're good so he says that when does he say that on the 17th of i think it was like on september 17th they bring out their last blog post that they put out normally the blog posts were supposed to be once a month thing um he puts it out in september in his words or he says hey we're going dark we'll show you when we have it ready um, here we go, right? So automatically, like there, I'm reading between the lines, okay, they're working on 2.0. Because 1.0, with the amount of issues that they were having with Frostbite, they weren't able to update, you know. We, we had issues with inscriptions from the beginning. We had issues with loot from the beginning, and they just weren't willing to change those things. Mm-hmm. Um, my speculation is because it's on the back end, it just wasn't able to do that quickly enough after they built the game in 18 months. So they said, hey, we're going to go dark. We're going to do this. So my mind, okay, they're working on 2.0. Then Jason says, hey, it's been confirmed. They're working on 2.0. We don't know how it's going to look, if it's going to be a new game, if it's just going to be a bunch of little updates. Um, so as of right now, Ice Tide was the last thing that we knew about was going to happen. Today, they just extended that event to go on through February. So it was already a 60-day event. Now it's going to be a 90-day event, which sounds pretty insane for the amount of content that's in there. It's great for people that haven't jumped in. They can get in there. They can grind. They can get that cosmetic armor set. That's really the only thing that you need to get from there. There are some gear pieces that take you up from level 75 to a level 80 gear score, mm-hmm. which is fine, but it's also not necessary for the highest level of content if you got a good enough build. So they're extending that. Cool. But after that, I don't I don't think they have anything. Like, that's just my speculation. We haven't heard anything. Right. There's been zero talk of anything happening. Okay. Nothing no new about nothing new about a PTR again, which we knew Ice Tide and some stuff from that because of the public test realm. Uh, you know, things like that were being tested. So Yeah, and they also told us that these <laughs> seasonal events were gonna happen in place of the axe, but this was the last one. Ice Tide was gonna be the last one that we had. So I don't know what's next. The the only thing that I do know is 2.0 is probably going to be, you know, shown off at EA Play this year. You know, that's in June, the first week of June. And hopefully, you know, it's probably gets released sometime in September. This is just my speculation, not confirmed by anything. So it gives them that amount of time to work and then release in September, then go up against, you know, one of the biggest games that's going to come out for the generation, which is fine. I don't think Anthem needs to compete against Cyberpunk, right? They're... They really or Marvel be Avengers, to... because that's kind of when we talk about that games as a service, right. that looter game, like now you're going to play as Thor versus flying around as Iron Man. Or heck, you can even, because like a lot of people were drawn to Anthem for that, hey, I've always wanted an Iron Man game, you know? <laughs> right. I, and, I, and I don't think Avengers is going to be that. Um, I, <laughs> like, I, I really hope Square Enix, you know, does good on their, like, on that game i know they've been they've been catching a lot of flack just because the models look awful and terrible but you know we've got that it doesn't look like chris evans right so not my captain america but i don't think anthem should be competing against anybody right now they just need to put out a game and appease the fans that they have and then hopefully by word of mouth you know and that redemption phoenix story word will get back that you know the game's in a state where you should come back we don't need to compete against Destiny because that's not going to happen. They're not going to compete against Warframe at this point. 
they need to put out a product that works, that functions. The car has to go down the street. Mm. The brakes have to work and the turn signals have to work, you know? And then we can worry about it looking like a cool car and not a hatchback later, right? So let's just get that core built up now. And then we can have something that, you know, hopefully it's successful and goes on in the future. You know, this is all just my wild speculation, but based on things that we've seen, people that say that it's going to come out in the next month, that's crazy. There's no way that, you know, 2.0 comes out that soon. It's just not feasible, not no. to where we need it. You know, I know they made the game in 18 months, but they're going to need a little bit more time to make it to the point where it's playable and people actually enjoy playing the game. I think I think the thing they need is that that leadership. And we haven't we haven't technically seen it. I hopefully that's the case because they I think as a team could do anything within you know like within 18 months if they're leaving meetings and decisions have been made. You know, like okay guys, we're working on this and we're working on this. So and the uh, you brought up uh, like No Man's Sky and they were they did it over the course of several small updates and then eventually one big update. So it, it would be very concerning and disheartening if after Ice Tide ends, there's just a long gap of nothing <laughs> before like 2.0, because it'd be like if he, it, the the strength in it is like, is there a reason for me to, to go log in and play for the for the fan who's enjoying it? Because you don't want to lose that that base. Uh, before 2.0 because you want that base to be your biggest rallying cry saying this is what we wanted it to be chris you look like you got a thought that's not how 14 did it so like as an example of like people who rebirth games successfully Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be done that way no 14 let it die Mm -hmm. i mean it died 1.0 went all the way into the ground and then and then came they shut it down for a while and then they had beta tests and things like that so i mean you're 100 percent right that could end up giving people a, a, a break and then an anticipation, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think burning people out on mediocre content, if that's what you can deliver while you're working on a 2.0 is a risk. So if, if all you can deliver is mediocre, there is a value in saying, go play cyberpunk, have a blast. You know, we don't, and then we'll, we'll be on the other side of that. Um, if you could, if you could add, something if you could if they were listening to your podcast and you could speculate at what you want that 2.0 to have what what does get changed yeah so i think i I have a couple answers for this i think mainly i want to see you know i want to see that bioware narrative that everyone's always talked about i want to see that actually matter in in the game because currently they're in the beginning of the game we did have some interaction with a lot of npcs which is which was done fantastic i mean i think they took the feedback from mass effect andromeda their facial capture and they just blew it out of the water anthem has some of the best facial capture like and mocap like i've seen right it it just looks amazing um but none of those interactions ever really mattered to you as a player like they'd have factions in the game but none of that mattered there wasn't like hey if i go this way with this faction member I'm going to unlock this, or I'm going to get this special quest, or I'm going to get this armor piece, or I'm going to get this gear piece. You know, that's the kind of thing that makes a player invested in their decisions, right? They didn't have that. So I would like to see something more like that built out into 2.0, whatever that is. I mean, that involves a lot with, you know, you know, you got to bring a lot of people back in to do motion capture and you got to do your voiceover work. But I mean, it's Bioware. This is what you're known for. This is what you do. You do story, you do character, right? That's what everyone's been telling me this whole time. And I just haven't seen it. Like this little story that we have, I really enjoy the story of Anthem, but we need to see something, you know, more definitive that actually makes a difference in the game. 
We need to see more RG RPG elements. Mm -hmm. like, Thank you. We need Preach. to see this. Yeah, we need to see the stat sheet. I need to know that if I equip this weapon, what it's going to do to my elemental damage without just guessing. I don't want to just equip it, go jump out there, shoot a thing, and then try to do the calculations in my head. I mean, it's an RPG. It's a role-playing game. Give me those things that make me make informed decisions. Like the two up arrows that say, hey, this is green, this is red. So one's better, one's bad. That's not enough for an RPG, you know? We want the depth there so that we feel like, hey, this build actually matters. Or, hey, you can go out and make this build. Currently, I can have this build that does tons of damage. And when people say, hey, what build did you have? You said, I don't know. This is the thing I found randomly. And if you can get it, cool. But chances are you're not going to get the same rolls and inscriptions that I have. Right. So we need ways to make that stuff matter. And, and I think that's the biggest thing for me, other than, you know, I can list like a billion things that it needs to have. But I really want the story and the RPG stuff has to matter. And that's one way I think you get a lot of people back into Anthem because that stuff, you know, that's what keeps you playing the game. You I'm, want to see those numbers go up. I've always described Anthem's progression system because I've, I have two long for them to lean into the RPG side of it. Is that once you hit level, th like uh, level 29 and down, you're getting XP every time you go out and play. You're making progress. So, like, even if you didn't get a crazy drop, okay, cool. Once you hit level 30, XP pretty like it goes into this alliance system. But that alliance system is dependent on the fact that you're playing with friends, and your people, your friends list is playing. If it's not, you're not getting any coin week over week. It's 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 a it's a real cool system that unfortunately isn't being you know executed on because of the state of Anthem, but. Uh, I always said that once you hit level 30, uh, you go to work, and then at the end of the day, you roll to see if you get paid. And that was yeah. essentially the first, like, RP, like uh, RNG progression is fine. It's not, like, it's exciting. Whenever you get that god roll, or whenever you get that gun, or that weapon, or that piece of gear, you're like, yes, this is really making me stronger. Awesome. But at the end of the day, if you don't get that and you continue not to get that and your friend over there is like, why does he keep getting the thing that I need? We're doing the same work. Why is he getting paid? I'm not like you have a system already baked in XP. Like, give me the ability. Like, have you ever played Fantasy Star Online? I have not. No. So they have an interesting system in which that, oh, they, they, you get you get drops. Anthem, you get drops. You take those drops and you can feed those drops to your to your gun or your weapon or your gear. And then that becomes more powerful. And I've always thought like it would be poised because people would complain about the colors. Like, oh no, I'm getting a, a green. Like, and then like, all right, we'll take green out. Like, no, 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 no. Make green worth it. Make green worth one one thousandth of, of progress. A blue one, one, you know, one hundredth. A purple one tenth and an epic, you know, like, so it's like all of a sudden you're like taking these, these things and you're like, well, I got these embers. Let me just infuse them and as xp into into my stuff so you're like well i got drops they right. weren't the drop i wanted but now i can start to i can it, you know you know start to customize it the way that i want to play and that's what i think hooks people and know? it really comes down to like you know you want you want to feel like your time invested is respected by the developer right yeah like you know we playing diablo 3 past 70 it's like okay you're gaining paragon levels Mm -hmm. there is still a number going up and it, and it's stupid that we're like hey i just want to see this number go from one to two right mm -hmm. but you get that sense of progression and if you're not getting that because like you said the alliance system gives you coin but that's if you're you know trying to grind for coin to get random you know random cosmetic items in the feature store that rotate you know every four or three days 
And that's just like, you're still gambling on whether you can buy the thing that you actually want or not. So mm -hmm. then you have to wait on their time until that thing comes around. So it's just not respecting that time. And like you said, you know, Fantasy just started it like, you know, WoW had their, the legendary items, I think that's what they were called, artifact weapons, that you could feed into it and it has a different skill tree for that weapon, right? I mean, there's things that you can do. I mean, this obviously would take a ton of work on the back end. Yeah, it's a work. It's something a that you can do in the two weeks that I normally think things can happen. But you have to feel like you're progressing. You have to feel like your time is being rewarded because that's what all these developers are vying for. It's not for the $60. Like, sure, that's a bonus, but it's our time and the opportunity for us to spend more money in that system, right? And for us to do that, to make that conversion, we need to be there. So you have to feel like your time is rewarded. Yeah, you, you make, make it to where that dollar that you're, that you're giving to the store is you thanking the devs because you're having so much daggum fun. You're like I love my time here, yeah. Because that's what that's one of the things that drives Warframe's revenue model is right. the community is like, yes, this is great. This is what I wanted. You know, thank you. And like, I don't have to, but it becomes a community gift to the developer as opposed to feeling like the developers like always trying to go through my pockets. Right. And and talk about a game that's gone from something that it was that it was definitely not in the beginning to where it is now and to them listening to the community. And like Warframe Warframe players, like, I mean, they love that game because they feel like they've been listened to, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure they've had their ups and downs with a bunch of things that have happened. But you know, props to that team. You know, this game that came out with the launch of the PS4 and everyone's like, what is this to where it is now? Yeah. I mean, that's amazing work from a de developer that's listening to their group of, you know, to their players. How does it Anthem do that for new players? I mean, the, the cost of getting into Anthem has been at some all time lows. So yeah. like it, it, to, if you're just looking for your kind of like dollar per hour, it doesn't have to be that engaging of a game to cover its cost right now, because it, it is, it is a very low barrier to entry. But if I know that I'm getting on to the next big thing, and I know that they're they're secretly in their workshop working on 2.0, but like you said, the the current event is running a little bit longer, and then there there may not be there may not be more breadcrumbs after that. Why would I give them my time right now? See, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me this question because I don't have a good answer <laughs> for it, right? Um, because I because I don't know. Like I I enjoy the gameplay. I think if you were to pick up this game for 10, you know, 10 bucks, five bucks anywhere, I mean, it's it's cheap everywhere, right? You would have fun playing it. Would it keep you engaged for like the next eight months? Probably not. But if you buy it for 10 bucks and you get a good, you know, 10 hours out of it and you see what it has to offer, like I wouldn't encourage you at this point to go through and grind all the way to, you know, you know, level 960 or whatever it is right now. Because it's, I don't it's think... 960. Because I don't think there's... I mean, you could do that, but... You know, we've talked about all these other games that we're playing right now. Like, I wish I could say, hey, yeah, you need to play this game because it's a must play. But at the point that we're at right now, not knowing what's going to happen, because we don't know if any of the content that we have right now is going to transfer over. We don't know if it's going to be a new game. We don't know if it's going to be an update, right? Like, I would hope cosmetics and stuff that we spent money on is going to transfer over to whatever 2.0 is. But I don't know what that is. And I would hate to tell someone to go, like, spend all this money, go spend all this time, and then just have that progress wiped because I just don't know what's going to happen. So I don't want to be responsible for anyone doing that. So I'm not going to answer this question. Um, right. I, don't, I don't know what happens next. And I wish I did. Um, I hope they do. And I'm guessing that they do because they're developing for it. But I, I, I just don't know right now. So I'll pivot and, it. So I come to you and I say, I, I'm doing it whether or not you recommend me to. Okay. I'm, I'm just doing it. And it's not going to be your fault if I end up hating it because I'm doing it. 
how does a new player get started getting the most out of this game with with what there is to do now versus back when it launched yeah so luckily right now i mean the the story i really enjoyed the story of anthem and that's the first thing that you're going to jump into there's some great character interactions there's a fun little story arc there's a fun twist at the end and you know it even sets up something at the end of the game whether there'll be payoff on that or not i hope there will be so if you were just to spend ten dollars on this game you'll get a fun little narrative experience that's you know that's worth that you know i think the the cosmetic the music you know the animations in that first part i think it's well worth ten dollars to jump in and just experience that just to be able to say hey i've done it i experienced anthem anthem i know what it's about and now you know whatever happens in 2.0 even if you're not at the highest level you know that's probably not going to matter when you know a giant reset reset happens right when we go from like the destiny one to the destiny two of anthem like all that stuff probably isn't going to matter. You'll be able to jump in. You'll be back, right back where everyone else is. So go in, experience the story because it is a fun story. Like it's, you know, it's not the HBO that Casey Hudson wanted it to be when he, you know, was first talking about Anthem. But you know what? You're going to get a fun story out of it. Ten, you know, 10 hour story. And I think that's worth, I mean, that's worth the price that it is right now. I mean, there's no reason not to. I mean, you could pay $15 on uh, EA's service and get it for a month and you beat the game and then you know you just wait to to see what comes next so there there is fun to be had if you're a new player and then if you want to jump into the new um story into the new seasons that they have like you have to do that now because the last season that we have is only going to last till the end of february but you can do that at any level you can jump in and you can start that after you complete a couple missions in the story so that's something that you you, you can experience it doesn't add on to the story, the current season that we are in now. There's a little bit of Cortex entries in there, so it doesn't expand this story, you know, insane like a, by an insane amount. So you're not missing out on the story if you're like, you know, missing out on these seasonal events. More of the Cataclysm, you'll miss out on a little bit of that, but who knows? Maybe they'll bring the Cataclysm back just to kind of appease people that have missed that. So, you know, enjoy the story, jump in, have some fun, and then you know, wait till 2.0 comes back. Don't get super invested. Don't spend all the time grinding for all that things. Plus, it's not that hard to reach max level right now with the way that they have um, their seasonal content. So I don't know if that's a good answer. I don't know if that's the best answer, but it's hard for me to say, hey, guys, come jump in. It's the best that it's been. It's the best that it's been, but I don't know. It's the what, best that it's been. <laughs> what cherished memory? I mean, let's say the server shuts down tomorrow. Surprise. Sorry. Uh, what, what, what's the cherished memory that you're going to get to carry forward that you got to do, you got to be a part of, or you got to witness, or you got to watch streams of that you're going to look back on fondly forever and ever. I mean, there are games that I don't play anymore that I, I loved. What is that? What is that moment? I, I guess there's a couple things. First of all, it's like, you know, just starting a community and, you know, having people be around for that long that you just become friends with, right? That's that's always like the generic answer. It's, it's the friends that you made along the way. And we've made a great community of people that, you know, we play games with, we talk to all the time in our Discord, and it's just fun having that community. And, you know, a lot of those people have left Anthem and have stopped playing Anthem, but they stick around because, you know, we have good conversations with each other and it's just fun to talk to. But I think the biggest thing that, um, that we did as a community, we put on a stronghold race during one of the betas because that's one of the things that we were excited about. Hey, there's going to be this content that we can compete against each other. There's no PVP in the game. Yeah. Um, this was back before leaderboards were even thought of. Let's say, hey, let's put on this race. Let's put a bunch of teams together, see who can complete this stronghold, you know, as fast as possible. And this is back before we even had access to masterwork items. 
because in the beta we only had up until epic so actually putting together a build was interesting because you had to take all these you know low level items figure out what works best and then you had to execute and that was a lot of fun we had you know the race at the end came down to the last couple of seconds of taking down the tyrant mine and it was just we we had uh devin and mike casted the thing while i ran the back end you know switching cameras between the two teams and they're racing and just hearing them talk and yell at each other on shoot the thing and pick up the thing you know it was just a lot of fun i mean those kind of events are fun to watch as you know as a consumer because it gets intense and it's you know a game that you love it's people that you know people that you've been talking to about a game for a year and it just you know that was probably one of the best memories that i had just because it was i mean it was a fun time it was like watching the invitational for you know the warcraft um when they do their races i mean yeah it's technical stuff and you see people you know make it or break it at the end and we had some of the biggest content creators for anthem at that time you know in the race and you know that that was probably the funnest thing because it was just that was an agen adrenaline rush that i wish other developers would kind of get on board with i guess it it was a lot of fun to watch i would love to see to some of that stuff of. some of that baked into the game itself we did that out at fan fest for final fantasy 14 where we were race against another team and that was set up all manual and so there they are and they're sitting across from you and you're in the dungeon and you can't see where they are and they can't see where you are and I always thought, like, how cool would it be if in the game we're like, yeah, let's do a race and you would team up and then you'd be like, all right. And then like in the sidebar, you would be like, oh, they've made progress. And then right. doing stuff could try to impact their progress. Right. So you, you brought up a real uh, strong, strong point when, you know, that the game doesn't have PVP. One of the things that from a content, just a content creation perspective, especially around the RPG when games don't have some form of competition, it's they don't necessarily bring in the, you know, like the, lots of content in that regard. You get the builds, you get the the mindsets, but you don't get that that nature which creates that kind of that tense drama. And I thought like, and I and I'm still in the camp. Like I I believe that Anthem should have PvP. I don't necessarily believe that it needs to be like competitive in terms of I'm shooting you. It's like the leaderboards is a form of PVP races is a form of, of PVP ways that we can somewhat like just bragging rights in that regards, like, Oh my goodness, <laughs> you know? And then, yeah. and, and then you log in and you're like, how did Brian do that stronghold at that time? Or look at his DPS numbers, like as a way from a friend's perspective, like, all right, let me see if I can't beat his score. I have like, they have PVP and Peggle. Like when I log in and play Peggle, literally I'm like, all right, you son of a, you know, <laughs> I'm going to beat your score. And it's like, and it's just like every now and then you just check in. And me and my wife, I think, played Peggle for an hour one Saturday morning with the kids until we crushed a, a new high record. And then, you know, and then they'll log in and they'll see if they can't beat it again. And it's just like, it's, it's that it drives us. It's a human thing. It doesn't necessarily, I, I think people always think of PVP as that head to head, you know, yeah. you know, and if you don't have that Twitch, reaction then you're then that might not be something that speaks to you but and and i think um like in the beginning i was i was pretty against the idea of this game having pvp in the beginning just because we see the balance issues like especially with like four javelins if you go into a pvp mode and you have four javelins one of the javelins can shoot its you know its ultimate while it's flying mm -hmm. the others you have to be hovering you know and then you take hovering into account it's like okay if you're flying everywhere you're just kind of a sitting duck as you're flying around so i was pretty against it plus balance issues you see what balance has to do with you know destiny and everything's always broken and there's always this one thing that you're chasing it's a tough job right yeah tough 
to do. So I was like, I don't care. I don't want it. You know, leave it out. At this point, you're like, yeah, sure, try something, right? You know, <laughs> you know, put make some make some content that'll get more people into the game because what do you have to lose right now, right? Like at this point, I don't think anyone's going to care that if this one gun is broken in PvP, right? You just you want people in there doing something in your game. Yeah. So I think, in fact, what's interesting and, and relates uh, to a lot of this, and the, the conversation is not being had, and I'm really curious to see what happens uh, in April. But Borderlands 3 is rumored that they're working on a battle royale mode. They're bringing in microtransactions for, I think, uh, a lot of the people were saying a lot of the sales numbers were guaranteed copies that Epic secured just so they would launch in the Epic Game Store. And then when you go out and look at the community, like, they're like, well, what, why, why am I playing this game? Like, even people who are like, I love Borderlands, it's, you know, Borderlands 3 is not actually doing as hot as people like. People went and played it, they enjoyed it, and then they left. And that's the the game didn't uh, didn't have that long term traction and that grab that uh, a lot of these other games have, and so the develop like it's all rumored and speculation, but it's it's interesting to see because uh, they delivered a fun experience that people but people just touched it and move on like almost like a single player game, etc. And so I'm curious to see when like when you say just try anything, the people who are still actively looking at Borderlands Three are like. I don't know what it like sure like do it let's let's just rip the band-aid off and see if this is good or bad like yeah, i want something and, to do in the game and borderlands is hard because borderlands 3 is just more borderlands 2 um yeah. right and that game was never like the live service game um right and for them to be like well you know because what do you do borderlands fans want borderlands Right, they but think, then I, I think guess they they're did. like, maybe we don't want Borderlands. Maybe right. we want more of this. All of a sudden, seven years later, you're like, oh, like I, I, what I thought I liked, you know, what I liked in 2012 was great, but now I'm like, I would like something more, and uh, and so yeah, it's like it's going to be yeah. interesting to see what happens and, with that franchise this year alone. Go ahead. And and it's so hard to do that, and you know, in the gaming industry now because things are shifting so much. Like games that are being developed right now for something that's like. You know, hey, this is really popular right now. I mean, you look at you look at Blizzard, and they finally did their their thing in in Hearthstone, their you know auto battler. Mm -hmm. It took Blizzard like you know that thing was built in their backyard. Dota was built in their backyard or League or whatever, and it takes them so long to like finally make a decision to get on top of that. By the time they do it, you know, we've all kind of moved on, and it's like you know and they kind of miss the wave, and, and you miss the wave, but it's. But if you don't, but if you don't try, then you miss it all together, right? So I mean, you got to try something. I, would would like a battle royale work in Anthem? Probably not. I don't think I don't think that would work. But you know what? If you don't try it, it's not going to work either. So. I just love a horde mode. You know, just like put me out there and just throw everything you got at me, and then let's you know, just and Anthem has Anthem has some lore that you know they they have these giant ships that go out on the ocean, and they have javelins chained to them so that these javelins don't fly away and abandon the ship. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a perfect spot for a horde mode. First of all, you're out on the ocean, so you don't have to create massive amounts of geometry. Yeah. And you're tied to this one point on this ship. And, you know, you could throw turrets, you could throw ballistae on the ship, do something and just have wave after wave of you defending the ship as it crosses the ocean. You know, it's it's something that you could do. It only take like two weeks for like four developers to put this together. I'm sure of it. <laughs> just, but there's four but of there's, them. Yeah. But give there's him, opportunities. Give them some pizza. There's opportunities to do that. But then again, it's like, you probably don't do that now, right? You right. wait till 2.0. Yeah. You know, launch with a lot of content. La launch right. with just like 
okay, here is the you know, here's your stats and here and here's it and it works. Here's the RPG. Here's all these new strongholds. Here's a raid. Here's this horde mode. Like here's all of this stuff that you have wanted as opposed to don't trickle it out. Like make it so that you're like, you know, like what I'm a kid in a candy store. I, this is going right. to keep, this is going to hold me over for a while while you work on the next job. And then of course we come to this, you know, we're at the end of a generation, the start of a new one. Yeah. So then what do they do there? It's like, okay, so we don't know like the Xbox, the series X, they're going to be all, but we don't know how that works with all the games that they're putting out now and the games that are going forward. Uh, we, we do know, know how it works. A lot of people haven't, it, like a lot. Of, if you haven't been playing on, on following Xbox, it might seem a little like strange, right. but it's just the Xbox. Like there's when they say family of devices, a game right. on Xbox today is a game on Xbox X Series X or whatever. Right, but a game on Xbox Series X is not going to be a game on the Xbox. No, it is actually going to be a game on the Xbox for so, some amount of time. They for like for being and, and, and that's for a first, but there will be a day. Party. There will be a day when Xbox Ones get dropped, just like just like iPhones get dropped. There's right. a day where you go to install an OS and it says, "Why are you still on a four? Here's the here's and, the thing, and that's the, the end. I, I disagree with that. There's not going to be a day where that happens because there's a system in place that they're already testing. It's called XCloud, and then all of a sudden you just have XCloud on that old Xbox and it's running on sure. the cloud as long as there's, you have there internet. There could be a paradigm. But I think yeah, XCloud yeah. is XCloud is for a different application though, right? XCloud is when you're out and about. I don't know if the xCloud is going to be like the no. stadia of, of it's, Microsoft. It's it's um, they're doing it as a transition too. Square Enix as a company is developing cloud only games, games that will only run in a cloud environment and will not be able and not run on hardware. And so that is what's coming now. That's probably five to ten years, fifteen years because there's so many other hurdles. But that is what's coming. There we're we're at a precipice of a massive paradigm shift. And there are some gamers that are rightfully scared because ownership questions come into play. Um, but to your point regarding this generational shift, like, do you wait and hold off on 2.0 for the next generation hardware at a minimum? Right, exactly. Chris yeah. says no. No, Xbox already confirmed there will be another Xbox after the Series X. No, well, I'm not saying hardware is going away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're I'm just saying, like, if, why buy it? Is, is non-zero. There's going to be time where new consoles are still coming out and streaming services are already stable and mm -hmm. there will be an overlap and that overlap yeah. will not be months it will be years right and that's right. what i'm saying that for the person on the xbox like the old og xbox they could they they could say you can play this in x cloud it's like so it's it's you know this this version or x cloud and up uh in that regards and that's going to help transition people who don't have the money to buy hardware don't you know like all right like, cool, I, I can keep playing it. I'm just going to have to make sure I have an internet. And if I want to play it locally, then I need to have hardware. And that's yeah. going to be that. Because there's if, the, if there's a market to buy hardware, they're going to sell you hardware. But I don't think we're going to see uh, an industry, once especially uh, the cloud is more pre uh, prevalent, where they're selling hardware at a loss. Yeah, and, and that's and the difference. Be, and it'll be interesting to see what Anthem does for that. Like, console-wise, I don't really care about the consoles, right? Because I'm yeah. playing on PC, so whatever. You guys figure that out on your own. <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see what they do with that because it is like, it's a new generation. You know, what happens? And, you know, maybe they release in September. Those things get, you know, put out and there's just a patch for, hey, now you can play this on PlayStation 5. Now you can play this on the Series X or, or whatever. But either way... Like we're gonna enter this period where we don't know anything for a long time, and it's gonna be like after EA Play 2017, where it's just all right, it's time to speculate again on what the future is. So, yeah, 
I think for me, if uh, like the, I've, I've put my list and the things that I want, you you hit it pretty much out of the park. The one thing I'd add is crossplay. If they were able to sit here, if I could play with like Xbox and PlayStation and PC players, and we're all just enjoying the game, and it doesn't matter what platform we're on, that would be something really, really good, especially for the community. When you start taking a, a small, you know, a fairly small community, dividing them across uh, three platforms, and then they can't interact together, like that would, I think that would end up helping out a, a lot because then all of a sudden you see more people playing. More people like in the in the bay. More people, you know, more people that you're getting matched with. It ends up being a better experience overall. And so hopefully, I don't know if that's something they patch into the current. I think that might be something that if they are, let's say, launching a 2.0 in 2020, that uh, that would be something I think hopefully would be a, a core feature of of the 2.0 relaunch. Yeah, yeah, hopefully Sony will stop making uh, all this crossplay stuff impossible. Well, they have Sony like, all the time. That's Sony. Well, they yeah, have. Know they, like, yeah, and they've started making it where you know that they finally said, "Hey, go for it." So now he's got to wait on developers, right? Yeah, well, I mean that's the other thing. How how now I want developers all of this in a ten dollar game, and I want it yep. done in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can thank Rocket League for getting that whole uh, crossplay thing started. Rocket League so, started it. Fortnite brought it to the national attention. Yeah, because then all of a sudden the, the narrative shifted to Sony won't let you like everybody over here is having fun. Oh, you're on Sony. Oh, that sucks because we're all here having a good time. <laughs> so that was always... devs did a good job of pointing it out, you know, um, what's his name over at, at Bethesda literally just straight up said, I don't know, ask Sony. Like, I mean, there were just multiple media moments where they just put them on the coals and said, you can you can bear the heat or you can let us play um but yeah it'll be interesting to see anthem either way as of today at ten dollars like if you've been on the fence it seems like an easy thing to jump in um it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here all right so uh steve where can people find you so you can find us on we're on twitter freelancer codex over on twitter we're there all the time we'll chat with you we'll talk to you we'll say hey you can tell us it's a de it's a dead game and i'll judge your jokes based <laughs> on if they're original or not um, and you can find us at freelancercodex.com. You can find all of our, our podcasts on all major platforms, Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and that's just Freelancer Codex. So we'll still be there until the server's shut down. We'll be there. We'll talk about this game. We enjoy talking about it. I mean, it's something that has a ton of potential. And, you know, I know a lot of people are like, well, you could be playing lots of other games. And it's true. We, we do play a lot of other games. And it just kind of makes you think like, you know, what if this game had this? So we'll talk about it until it shuts down. Chris, where can people find us? Where are we working on? Oh, here on here on YouTube. I know that we're finishing up some stuff in in fourteen, and I've been getting back into uh, into WoW a bit more. And we got a big year ahead of us, you know. Hopefully, Temtem's interesting. Hopefully, New World's interesting. Hopefully, Final Fantasy VII is is as good as we expect, and hopefully, Cyberpunk's good. I mean, twenty twenty is a year of a lot of long term projects finally coming to fruition. Um, assuming no more delays so it could be it could be a big delivery year for everybody <laughs> all right so with that everybody for tuning in live watching us uh, on the archive on youtube or listening to this in audio form uh thanks for tuning in uh, let us know what you guys think in the comments below be sure to follow uh steve and free the whole freelancer codex crew check out their podcast if you're interested in anthem and if it is reborn it will be interesting so uh we'll have to see where this falls it'll be this will be a fun podcast to look back on in retrospective to say like all right like we kicked off 2020 
uh, much like we did 2019, not knowing what the future yeah. of Anthem is going to hold. So, uh, you know, hopefully that will be uh, that question will get answered uh, this year for many. But anyway, for work to game, my name is well, Brian. Who's next week? Who's oh, yeah, week? I don't know. I forgot. Uh, <laughs> sorry. It I, is I, it is me three. <laughs> it's like, thank you, Chris. Chris, why don't you tell last us who's... Week was Last week was Rook, which yeah. was a blast. Next week is Mithri, so let's... Uh... Let's do it. We're going to have me three on, and I'm looking forward to talking to him. Uh, I got into his videos on YouTube uh, for uh, crafting and, and gathering and how to make money, uh, and so that was always kind of helpful. And then event, then I got to a point in uh, in 14 where I don't need money, so then I was like, he okay. He plays a lot of stuff now. Yeah, he does. He plays a lot of games. I think you have to. I think if you're going to do content creation, it's, uh, I don't know if there is that like one game that essentially rules rules them all you can do over a hundred podcasts on just anthem a hundred yeah hundred yeah that's only the first seven minute trailer so on the I mean, if we can do that anyone can make anything right so yeah i mean so if you're if you're if you're if you've always been thinking about getting into content creation uh you should do so because anything and everything is possible that's anyway true. now i'll conclude i guess the classic one uh, for work to game my name is brian my name's chris Am I supposed to say something? It's up my to name, you. My name's Steve. <laughs> Best That's one yet. That's my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Oh, Have thanks. a good day. Thanks we'll so see much. you next time. Take care.